Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Where you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. On episode 33, our brand new guest is someone that will be very familiar to those of you that are very passionate, and I, and I mean that in the nicest way possible, about recruiting. I used to be one of them as well, very overly passionate about recruiting. She's also a graduate of Auburn, and I believe if I have this correct, if I've done enough of my research, is a Tampa Bay native, I think, if I have that one right, Allie Davidson. Welcome, Allie. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. You are correct. I am from Tampa Bay is what we like to call it now, since we're collecting uh, championship trophies down there in Tampa. But yeah, passionate about recruiting is um, a great way to describe me, because unfortunately, that reputation has followed me all these years. <laughs> Um, for getting denied and ignored by 16, 17, 18 year old uh, high school football players. So I think that's a part of it that a lot of people don't uh, appreciate about you is that, you know, you've, you've got to put in a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, yeses and nos, and you've got to deal with the whims of teenagers, essentially, and, you know, try to get yeah. them to answer your questions and meet you and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I can imagine that can be quite frustrating. Yeah, you know, when we get to um, the part where I start diving into all my recruiting stories, I definitely have tales tales to tell for um, as long as you need them. But I was also a teenager when I started. I was only 18. So it's basically like talking to annoying teenagers because I was also annoying. So I would ignore people. <laughs> and then I was like, this is karma coming back, um, coming back at me. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And it's why I'm here today. So well, I think it's funny. We already brought up Tampa Bay. You are having quite a year uh, between the Super Bowl, uh, the NHL Stanley Cup. Is there anything else that you guys want to claim while you are uh, uh, at it with sports in Tampa Bay? Yeah, you know, back to back Stanley Cups. That, that's important. Um, first time in a while that that's been done. I think the Rays, I'm not a huge race fan and really not the box. I mean, now that Tom's there, it's kind of fun. But um you know, the Rays made it to the World Series, I believe, this past year. So there's a lot going down there. And it's, I mean, how can you not enjoy working from the beach? I mean, you really can't beat that. So I would say best work environment, work from home. I've gotten to do a lot of that in Tampa the past 16 months. Um, and it's a little easier to do it in the sunshine uh, than anywhere else. So. Well, if you've got to deal with humidity, because I would imagine it's still somewhat humid there, at least you've got a beach to look at as opposed to the, you know, flat rolling plains of Auburn, Alabama, where the humidity just sits on you oppressively. This is very true. I've always said when I spent my first summer in Auburn, um, I was like, how is it hotter here than it is in South Florida? Like I, this just like doesn't make sense, but I think it's because it's just it just pockets in mm -hmm. Alabama and you are just, you can't leave and you don't have the ocean breeze. So I definitely appreciated the humidity in Florida a lot more because I didn't think it could get that hot anywhere else. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I lasted and unfortunately I spent a lot of summers in Auburn. Um, I was, I did a four and a half, five year Auburn term. So I was there for some summer classes um, quite a bit. So I enjoyed a lot of those uh, hot, humid summers there. Well, you got out a little bit quicker than I did. I, I was six years, I think. Um, so that was pretty I, honestly, if I could have gotten a master's in something, I would have. But um, I got a minor in sports coaching because that's how desperate I was to stick around and not leave. So I added yeah. some sports coaching classes. Um, so my parents were like, it's time. And out-of-state tuition is um, not fun. And you don't want to be paying that um, until you're 75. So 
I think it's time to hit the hay and grab that. Very expensive. You guys can't see it, but we're on video. And I have my very expensive piece of paper hanging over my desk in my uh, in my office. See, at least um, so you've taken bag. enough like care of it to hang it up. Mine's not anywhere to be seen. It's sitting somewhere like in, in a corner, and I don't know why I haven't put it up yet. I will say I just did it, so this is very new. Um, <laughs> but since I've been doing um, some a lot of like live podcasts for Auburn and some Zooms, I like to show it off. So um, it's very new edition. It mm. has been sitting in the roll for the last what I graduated in 2016. So for the last five years, it has been sitting in the little tin roll it comes in. Um, so I can't take claim for it being pretty and nice since I, since I graduated, but so now. Well, it still looks good. I love uh, obviously seeing someone actually take care of their diploma because I have not yeah. in many years that I have been uh, <laughs> been out of that. But like I about, said, it's a very expensive piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you, you obviously want to take pride in it. But let's, let's get into a little bit about you maybe outside of Auburn. We kind of hit on a little bit, Tampa Bay native. I think you've also spent some time in Atlanta as well. Is that correct? Yeah, a little bit of an overview. I guess I started, I grew up in Tampa. My family um, is from Philly. Um, so I definitely have some Northern roots in me, but they moved to Tampa right before I was born. So they've been there 27 years, um, which is dating myself. I sound terribly old, um, but born and raised there, never left, um, knew I wanted to leave. Um, I was kind of tired of Florida. I wanted to experience something new. Gainesville isn't the prettiest city in the world. Um, so I knew I wanted to get, you know, a little farther out, see something else. Um, and I actually took, I saw a number, I was a journalism student. I was a sports editor in my high school paper. I was working for the Tampa Bay times doing stringing. So I knew I always wanted to work in sports too. Um, and I saw that Auburn was having a journalism camp over the summer my junior year. So that must've been 2011, the summer before my senior year. And I signed up and my parents shift me off to Auburn, Alabama. Um, my older brother had gone to Clemson. So we knew of Auburn. Um, he had friends that had gone there and, you know, they had just won the championship. So like it was, they were a hot, you know, hot school to be a part of. And, um, so I went up there for a summer and never set foot. And I just remember my parents dropping me off and being like, wow, I'm never leaving. So this sucks. See you never guys. Like I'm not coming home. Um, and I spent a week there and it was the best week ever. I just like walk around and just be in awe as cheesy as that sounds. I know it's cliche, but I really was like in awe, um, of just how pretty it was and just how happy everyone looked. And, you know, it was over the summer, so everything was green and Sanford was shining and it was sunny and it was just like idyllic of what you would imagine, you know, the Auburn postcards to be. And, um, I fell in love with the journalism department. I ended up getting a little bit of a scholarship, um, for some of the work that I'd done that week. And they were like, you know, if you come, um, you'll have, you know, part scholarship. And I was like, oh, I'll be here. I'll be here. So as soon as I got back, I applied to Auburn that fall and I actually got an early enrollee. Um, I knew I was in, I believe October of 2011. So I knew right off the bat that I was going there. I didn't apply anywhere else. Um, so really rolled, really rolled the dice on, um, if I had not gone in or not. Um, but I ended up rolling my palm trees out my front and tweeting it out. And that was kind of my road into Twitter. I was with that tweet and like war blog will picked it up. A bunch of people that I'm still friends with today ended up, you know, retweeting and like, Oh my God, welcome to the Auburn family. And it was just crazy. And then I came that following summer in 2012 and I didn't leave for the next five years. Um, so it was a crazy journey. Cliche, the Auburn family is real. You know, that's why when people always joke about it, I joke with it too. I mean, it's a funny, a funny quip that we have that, you know, we call it a family, but deep down it really, it really was. I found my best friends, you know, I found my bridesmaids as Jesus at sounds. I met so many mentors and I wouldn't have the career that I have today without stepping foot on that campus. And I owe a lot to Auburn. Um, I mean, they've gotten a lot out of me with my out-of-state tuition, but I really do <laughs> owe them a lot of finding myself. Um, I never moved back to Tampa. I moved to Charlotte right after graduating and worked for SEC Network and NASCAR. And then I moved back, moved down to Atlanta just because I wanted to be closer um, to family and friends and Auburn. And so I could go back to games and I've been here for three years and I haven't missed a football game. I go back every weekend. I go in the summer and it's really nice to be, you know, an hour and a half away from I like to say my favorite place. Um, you know, when I go on first dates, they're like, Oh, what's your favorite place? And I tell the guys Auburn and they're like, Alabama. And I'm like, yeah, no, it really is my favorite. It really is my favorite place to be. Um, so that's my story of how I got, got to be a part of the, the Auburn family. And, um, people ask, you know, would you go back and change it? Would you make, you know, would you apply elsewhere? Would you, you know, want to have gone anywhere else? And I really wouldn't. I mean, I, I 
rolled the dice and I applied to one school and um I think that's how it was supposed to be so um that's how I got here yeah, I, I pretty love, cliche Auburn story, but it's it's not cliche. It, it is got some some nuances in there that I think I want to touch on here in just a second. But you know, I think everybody feels like their story is cliche or it's not as as amazing as someone else's. I mean, we we've obviously talked to a few people in this series. D Ford, that, that type of story, that's hard to top. Uh, I don't know that that's yes, gonna, can't say I can top that. <laughs> you know, I, I I just feel inadequate every time I talk to Dee and see her. I'm just like I don't I don't feel like I'm a good enough Auburn fan. I just I'm yeah not, I know. And <laughs> how how did you do that? You can be an Auburn fan across the sea. Now I don't think I'd be staying up until waking up at 3 a.m. for some of these 11 a.m. kickoffs and vice versa. But um, you know she, but I think that's why I'm lucky to be a part of it is because like we collect people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few fan bases have that draw to it. Yeah. Um. Just from the, like, just the people, you know. Um. She had never set foot on campus. It was a Twitter mistake, but the people drew her in, and I think that's same for me. You know, when I was at camp, the people there drew it in. You know, I, I say War Eagle to this day. My friends are like, "Oh my God, can you shut up? You don't have to say it to anybody in Auburn gear." And I'm like, "No, like, that was the reason why I went to Auburn was because I got so many War Eagles on campus. Like, I will say it to anybody and anybody, whether they say it back, roll their eyes, or say thank you." Um, I always say it to people I see now. So um, it's a it's an interesting and unique fan base that is very rare, I like to think. So while we're on the subject of War Eagle moments, I got to ask, this is something that just kind of popped in my head. Have you ever had like a super odd War Eagle moment in a really weird place? Um, you know, I got asked this the other day. And most recently, I think just it shows the spread and just the uniqueness is, you know, the Tampa lightning one and I was at a bar and I was in my lightning year and, you know, I'm in Atlanta. So not many people like hockey. I mean, geez, I got their hockey team taken away. So, <laughs> um, you know, I was celebrating. There were some few other Tampa fans that I was with that I was friends with. And there was this girl there and she comes over and is cheering with us and the lightning girl. I'm like, Oh my God, like, are you from Florida? And she's like, yeah. And she was like, where'd you go to school? And I was like, Auburn. And she goes, shut up. And I was like, don't say it's just like War Eagle. And I was like, what are the odds? And I'm watching a Tampa Bay Lightning game in a bar in Atlanta. And this girl, you know, went to Auburn, ended up being in my sorority. She was a few years older, but it was just a small world. So I think the power of two words is crazy. Like as soon as you hear that, you know, like, oh, we've got that connection. So that was the most recent one that I just thought was so random. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's not many Lightning fans that go to Auburn, not many hockey fans that are um, Auburn fans. So it's an even smaller fan base within the fan base. Um, so to find one at a random bar in Atlanta was pretty cool. It's a, a microcosm that you don't think will connect within two different sports, two, two different cultures, so to speak, and one so exclusive nope. as Auburn. And it's just, that's, that's a really, that's a unique one there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's one of the great things about our family is is the places and the weird ways that we'll have those War Eagle moments. And the fact that we continue to have them is is, is always funny to me because I love hearing people's different perspectives of what they, what they've experienced. You know, I've heard of ones in bathrooms. I've heard of ones in bars and I've heard of yeah. ones, you know, just out in the middle of the Dakotas somewhere. And it's like some random guy that's the only person they saw for 50 miles. And that's the one person that's going to be the Auburn fan. And it always is. Um, so it's a it always is. It's always an Auburn fan, whether you like to believe it or not, where there's always one of us hiding around some kind of core. But if you say War Eagle anywhere, nine times out of 10, you're going to get a War Eagle back. Yeah. Um, that's what I always like to tell people. So always the case. I do want to talk a little bit about kind of back in your past a little bit. Um, I always like to ask about, especially if you lived a part of your life in a different part of the world or even just the Southeast, um, what was it like for you uh, experiencing, if you did at all, Auburn before then? Cause I know you spent some time up in the, we'll call it the North a little bit up in Philly mm-hmm. and you spent obviously a lot of your time in Tampa Bay. Was there a lot of uh, Auburn exposure in those two areas at all before you became acquainted with Auburn? Um, I would say none of my family up North knew what Auburn was outside of, you know, when I started looking at it, it was right after Camden one. So it was pretty hot, but I would say before that, none of my family up North um, knew, you know, I think my dad probably knew Bo Jackson and like knew about Auburn and things like that. But I would, I wouldn't say my parents were, you know, I was surrounded by Florida Gators and, you know, FSU fans. So there wasn't a lot of Auburn interaction um, there. And I think out of my high school, there was two of us that went to Auburn Um, and like my graduating class out of 700. So there's, you know, not even many of us. And my brother, he's a few years older and he ended up going to Clemson. And so that was kind of a tie because Clemson and Auburn are very, very similar as everyone knows. And so if you're looking at Clemson nine times out of 10, you're looking at Auburn and vice versa. 
Um, so he had a few friends that had gone to um, Auburn. And so he had, he's a big sports fan. And so when games were on me, like I knew who Auburn was, I could tell you their colors. Um, we had some players go um, like Jarius McIntyre went to high school with my older brother. Um, and so that's weird since I covered recruiting Jarius, you know, had a couple kids from Tampa Catholic come to Auburn. And so my brother and him actually reconnected because they played football together. So that was a very, very unique, crazy, um, experience that happened. But so there's some kids that had gone, you know, from the high schools around us, but I didn't know much about it. I knew it was SEC. I knew it was very Southern, um, you know, the brick, the, you know, idyllic, you know, sunshine and greenery. Um, but I definitely didn't know more than that like I wouldn't know what war eagle was if it had hit me I'd been like you're insane that's not even like a true sentence like what even is that um so I didn't know much I didn't know much when I went up there for the first time I was I was shell-shocked almost like oh my god am I gonna fit in um but I didn't have a lot of exposure some but definitely I didn't grow up you know with wearing a little little Auburn cheerleader outfit I wish I would have and now my definitely if I have a little girl one day she will be growing up in a little Auburn cheerleading outfit and the little boy will be in a Bo Jackson jersey but I didn't have that um so it was it was shocking for sure definitely a cultural change um but almost like everyone described as if that's as weird you know when people would tell me you know when I was going up and I was going to camp you know I talked to some of the teachers there and like some of the camp counselors and they're like oh Auburn's in this and I started googling it and you know, you know, the most beautiful, you know, planes. And it's like, it was exactly as described. And so I think that was a little weird. I was expecting it to be a little more um, grungy and a little more college towny and a little more like, oh, there's no way this place is as pretty as people make it out to be. Um, but it hit the mark. So it, that was pretty cool. It's funny how you've got these people that come from all different parts of the, obviously the country, but the world as well. And they've got these preconceived notions about this little town in Alabama. And when they get there, you know, they're probably, obviously you said, like culture shock. But then as they start kind of opening themselves up to it, they're like, holy crap, this is actually kind of cool. And this is actually real what they talk about. And, you know, you try to explain to a lot of, um, I'll call them outsiders, it feels mean, but outsiders, what we, mean, what we mean by that. And it's, it's really hard to pinpoint how it draws you in and when it happens and what process you have to go through. Mm-hmm. but it's different for everybody. I mean, you know, as we just mentioned D Ford, I mean, it took, you know, somebody had mistaking her for an NFL player, a former Auburn tiger for her to get drawn in you. It just took going for a journalism camp. Um, have you always wanted to be a, a journalist growing up? That makes me sound so nerdy now that I like say it out loud. Like, oh, journalism camp. <laughs> um, I knew I'd always wanted to work in sports and journalism. I knew I definitely didn't want to do TV. Um, that just like really didn't interest me all that much, but, um, I'd started stringing for the Tampa Bay times and doing some like high school football, um, like coverage on Friday nights. And I was a good writer and it seemed natural. Um, fun fact, I failed math three times at Auburn. So I knew I wasn't going to do anything that involved anything quite so smart. Um, so uh, writing just seemed like a good fit. Um, and I'm not, you know, I don't write now, but I, the journalism degree that I got, has crossed paths and everything I've done social media for NASCAR I've done video production but everything involves writing and everything involves communication um and I really learned that like with the degree so I may not write full-time and I may not be a journalist now um but I still use that degree every day of my life you know six years later so yeah, and I didn't know that you had uh, had a little time with NASCAR. That's not something I did. Uh, pin pinned on you. What's what's that experience like? Uh, kind of working for NASCAR. Yes, yeah. So I um a lot of Auburn fans um NASCAR tracks. So I got a lot of War Eagles. Um, I was working for STC Network right out of school. Um, and I had interned at Sporting News at Auburn, and the guy that was my mentor had just moved over to NASCAR to take over social, and it was in Charlotte and. I was kind of looking for my next step and he was like coming for an interview. I'd never seen an, I obviously knew NASCAR, but I'd never been to a race. Um, I didn't go to Dega in college. Um, so I'd never been. So it was cultural difference from Auburn definitely prepared me for um, NASCAR, but not so much. There was still a lot I, li- I really needed to learn um, as far as the NASCAR <laughs> culture, but I traveled and I went to 15 different tracks in the 17 months that I was there or 16 months that I was there. And I traveled across the country um, and getting yelled at by drivers after they would crash their $25,000 cars as I was trying to take a Snapchat 
um, of them getting out, but it was a good experience. I was young going on the road by myself um, and being in charge of a pretty large brand. Um, and there's a lot of our Auburn connections. There was, you know, <coughs> excuse me, I'm a couple like managers on like the track communications that were Auburn alumni and Daytona, there was a ton of Auburn alumni. So it ended up working out in my favor, meeting a lot of um, different people at NASCAR that had that tie too. Yeah, it's, there's a somewhat easy connection you can make between Auburn and NASCAR. That's a little bit easier than Tampa Bay Lightning and, and Auburn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more fans in NASCAR that I can um, relate and be friends to than I can um, in Tampa. But I will say a fun fact that I learned that Florida obviously has a huge draw at Auburn, naturally with like the Panhandle being really not that far. But the Tampa Bay Alumni um, Association is one of like the largest in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. it's huge. Um, and I had no idea, like I didn't have that many kids from my high school went, but then when I went up there, I met, you know, almost this whole fraternity was guys from the private school down the road. So it was crazy how many people I ended up meeting at Auburn that were also from Tampa. Um, so people really probably wouldn't make that connection, but, um, it's only a five hour drive with a time difference. So it's not, it's not far. I mean, Gainesville is two and a half, so it's, you know, not much farther than an in-state school. So. Yeah, I didn't realize how large the Tampa Bay alumni group was until I actually did a little investigating myself. And I, I, I remember I went to a page of theirs and I was like, holy crap, uh, that's 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 quite large from what I was expecting. Uh, and a little shout out, you yeah. mentioned him earlier, Jairus McIntyre. We've actually interviewed him on, uh, I think it was episode 25. I was going to ask you about oh, that if you, had, if you had ever met him before. Um, so we, we've actually heard his Auburn story on here. He's got a very unique one as well. People want to go check that out. Yeah. But let's let's talk a little bit more about your time at Auburn. And obviously, let's start with journalism since we've been talking about that. What are journalism classes like for an Auburn student, for those of us that weren't part of that type of curriculum? If you could kind of put that in a nutshell for us. Journalism at Auburn can go one of two ways. So I was taking summer classes before my freshman year. I got them for the summer session. So I was up there and I took intro to theater with half of the football team, um, who was also taking intro to theater that summer. And I knew I wanted to work. And journalism and sports and so I went to the Plainsman that summer and you know they're like oh you know come back in the fall like we'll have stuff for you and it may not be sports you know it could be something else I was like mm, that's not going to work for me like I, I know I don't want to cover anything but that um so I ended up you know I kind of started my Twitter a little bit and I had taken some classes and so I was kind of getting some feet under my water and I ended up meeting Jay Tate who is the owner and publisher of Auburn Rivals so you can either go working for a student, like the student paper and working for, you know, Weagle TV or the radio station or anything like that. And I took going professional route. Um, so I kind of skipped the whole student learning at Auburn. Um, I started working for Rivals the fall of my freshman year. So I was 18 and I worked for him up until I graduated. So for four years, I worked for Yahoo and for Rivals and for Jay and covered recruiting and covered the team and so I didn't really take the normal route mm-hmm. um I now I look back and I would recommend people as much as I love the planes and I think it's such a great resource I think there's a lot of great resources in the Auburn area to get that real world exposure um I think one of the funniest you know I had to miss a lot of class that was another big thing is you know I was covering recruiting and I was getting paid for it so I was like you know I don't really want to go to this 8 a.m um editing class so I'm going to go meet this recruit who's leaving the athletic complex at 7.30 and get an interview and skip class. And, you know, some of the teachers were not thrilled about that for me. And they, you know, had to pull me in and I had to sit with my counselor and say, Allie, what are you doing? And I'm like, look, I'm getting real world experience. Like, give me a break. Um, and ironically, one of the classes at the time, Mike Savetis, who was OA News Sports Editor, was teaching a class. And he was a big, he was like, I just can't believe you're missing class, blah, blah, blah. And love him to death now. But he gave me a real hard time. I was like, look, like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm getting paid for this. Like, I'm not going to sit in your class, you know, and do this. And the next day in the OA news, they had to use my quotes from a recruit and, you know, give me attribution for getting the quotes for a recruit that was leaving. And I walked into class next week with a little on my face I was like oh so how about you know skipping class when you had to use my quotes for your paper the next day um so I definitely took a much different route than most people probably do at Auburn um but the classes and the program are great I mean Jennifer Adams 
who um, ran it for a very long time. She's now moved even higher in the university. Um, she's great. Um, it's a very small program. It's part of the like liberal arts, um, bachelor arts. So um, it doesn't have its own like school or anything like that, but it's small, but the people and the teachers really care. I mean, like John Kavala, who's always on Twitter. Um, I post-grad, I was in, um, I got interviewed and I always love to go back talking to the journalism students and, you know, helping them for advice and kind of being a mentor. Cause we had a lot of that when I was in class too, there's a lot of former Auburn journalists that would come back and help us and, you know, mentor us and always be there. Cole Kublik is a great example. He's one of my big mentors that I met and he always comes back to Auburn and, you know, does interviews. So it's a small program. Classes are tough. Um, I ended up doing like a sports concentration. So I had to do, you know, some sports classes and I'd be like, well, I'm covering this game for rivals. Can I like turn in the same article for a class? And they're like, no. So I'd always have to do like double articles, which is a real pain in the behind. Um, uh, but it's a small program, but it really, I think that helps because you have University of Florida, who's a massive journalism program. And I mean, they, they produce tons of professional journalists that are very well known, but it's so many people that people can get lost. And I know a lot of kids that went there that couldn't end up making it because they're so large where at Auburn it's you know you get more hands-on experience and they really care about growing your career which I think is really cool and unique um so that journalism at Auburn and then I end up getting a sports coaching minor so um you know if Auburn ever one day really is in bind I can coach I do have the <laughs> certificates I think I have to like retake my CPR classes but I definitely can coach at Auburn I do have that certificate on my diploma nonetheless my parents were like are you kidding me I was like, no, I'm sports coach minor. So, um, but yeah, that was a little bit about my education at Auburn. Like I said, I took a different route. A lot of people, I know a lot of people that love the Plainsmen and I know a lot of people that, you know, had great careers coming out of that too. And I just wasn't going to sit around and wait for an opportunity. And maybe that was naive of me to assume that I deserved that right off the bat. Um, but luck of the draw. And since then, Jay's hired, uh, you know, an Auburn student ever since I was the first intern they've had and they've hired, um, one every year from Auburn, who's a journalism student. So that's been pretty cool too, to kind of see that pipeline and kids get some, you know, really cool experiences that you may not get at a student paper. Now, I think there's a fine balance that you have to find in college. Because college, yes, while it is majority is it, uh, the education, the formal sitting down in a classroom, lecture halls, that kind of thing. You know, there's a certain element where you do need to take advantage of the relationships that you're building, the opportunities that may arise. And I think that's commendable that you took the initiative to say, hey, you know, this is what I kind of want to see. I see myself doing right now, and I'm already getting paid to do this, and I'm getting, like, in, in the field experience. Why don't I just jump right in this? And I can manage all this other stuff, but uh, I can honestly yeah. appreciate from the professor's, you know, perspective of being a little, maybe frustrated. Yeah, for sure. Um, my favorite thing with C's get degrees is what I kept telling myself. So, um, you know, it's un. I can't believe I was getting C's in classes that I was getting paid for, but I also, you know, when you miss a class, you miss a class. Right. Um, but they really, once by the time my senior year rolled around and they, I was, you know, pretty invested in it. Um, a lot of the professors at that time were like, you know what, you're doing what you need to do. You clearly can write. Um, and so they were really great and then would, you know, pass some jokes. And then I started doing fun stuff like taking, you know, when I started graduating is when video was starting to really take over. I was like, no, I need this skill. And so they let me take other classes instead of just journalism, which was great too, because I was like, you know, I can't take another journalism class. Like I, I'm doing this all day, every day. Like I just can't, and I need other skills. So I was able to take video editing and some broadcasts, you know, just to have those things under my belt, which a lot of other journalism schools and programs don't let you do. And Auburn, because it's, you know, small, you can kind of handpick, um, other skill sets that you could get, which I thought was really cool too. Well, and now you're very well-rounded, prepared for everything, even coaching. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> even coaching, even coaching. I, you know, every time there's, there's a firing, I always get the, Hey, did you guys know Allie Davidson has a coaching minor um, tweet? And I don't think they would want to hire me. Um, I would be very biased and I think um, wouldn't do very well. I think I would right. um, be a little hot tempered. Um, so I think there, I might be throwing my hat on the side of the field or getting in a player's face for missing a catch. So I don't know if I'd be the greatest hire, but there would be no one that would love Auburn more. So I can, I can give them that. Sometimes that's all we need to ask for out of a coaches. So I don't think it would be so much of a, so much of a bad thing. Maybe a fundraiser. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. 
But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. But let's talk a little bit more about recruiting because I know that's what a lot of people are probably interested in hearing your perspective on. And uh, just share any stories as, as it comes up. But I, I'd like maybe to start off with, I know it probably varies a lot, but as a person working in the field of recruiting coverage, what's a day in the life like like for that for you? Wow. Um, a day in the life. So again, I was very unique when it came to this because I was 18 when I first started. Um, I was an Auburn student, so it was a fine balance of, you know, I love Auburn, but I can't tell these kids that, that are leaving, you know, like I had to find a very professional balance. I was the only female on the beat across anything, recruiting, writing, anything for a very long time. You know, there's some, there's some women TV people, but they didn't come to, you know, whenever recruit was leaving on a surprise visit, they wouldn't show up there. Um, so I was the only female in the locker room for a really long time. Um, and my first year was Gene Chizik's firing and I was sitting there and I was scared poopless. I was like, this grown man's about to get fired. And I am 18 being like, ah, what do you think is going to happen? Um, or what do you think is going to happen to your recruiting class? Um, so that was definitely, I had to grow up really fast and I had to suck it up. Um, as I got older, the recruits would find out more and more, um, that I was an Auburn student. Sometimes they would end up being in my class and they'd be like, holy smokes didn't know thought you were 30 and I was like nope I'm 20 and we're in the same um math class so that was that was hard too because I definitely tried to find like a professional balance between being a student but also realizing you know I'm about to graduate college I'm gonna go to sky bar and the chances of seeing recruits that I'm gonna talk to the next morning are going to be there so um it was definitely a fine balance but the coaches were always super great to me the whole time the other beat writers were super great um, to me, help me, you know, and also leaned on me. I mean, I got scoops too. And I think that kind of irritated some of the guys who had been on the beat for a while. Like, you know, no offense, recruit wants to talk to me probably more than he wants to talk to you. Um, I can culturally relate, you know, musically relate, understand kind of their mentality. I am their mentality. When we were talking to Juco kids, they were older than I was when I first started. So I could just relate to more. So I think it kind of irritated them a little bit that like, why is he picking up her phone? Um, and so I had to deal with that too, kind of, you know, stand my ground and prove myself a little. But I would say in a day in the life on like, you know, let's say an Auburn game weekend, um, that whole week leading up to it, you're trying to get a list and a roster of guys that are going to be in Auburn. You know, let's say it's Auburn Georgia. So you are getting every five star anywhere in the South coming to your campus. Um, and you are trying to find out who, when, how, official visit, non-official visit, family coming. Are any recruits coming with them? Are any commits coming with them? And so you are just calling as much of a list as possible. Um, you are talking to coaches. You're talking to high school coaches. You are doing everything you can leading up into it. And then usually Friday, you would announce the list. And then Saturday, I basically, I didn't get to tailgate. Like I only tailgated, I think, one Auburn home game my whole college career. And then I went to two away games as a student. Everything else was covering, you know, I was working. So that was um, a little tough seeing my friends have fun and me being stuck there. Um, but I would sit outside the athletic complex and see so-and-so showed up and tweet it out or drop it onto the bunker. You know, uh, that first big year, Carlos was a huge, like, and this wasn't a game weekend, but Chizik was fired. If they lost, lost in that class, it was kind of going to fall apart. Um, 
And so I, we would just sit up at the athletic complex. Carl Lawson showed up or Carl Lawson's on his way or Carl Lawson's in the car or so-and-so said Carl Lawson's coming, you know, to campus this weekend. And so it's really using connections, attempting to call the kids, um, got denied a lot, had some girlfriends answer me like, who the hell are you? Why are you calling me? Um, parenting, <laughs> like he was, he was in trouble. So he has his phone taken away. So we can't answer it. I got that a lot. Um, most of the time, I think it was like their friends lying to become a parent. So they just wouldn't have to talk to me. Um, did a lot of texting, um, you know, trying to get any answer I could um, and building relationships. So I think that's the other thing on like people don't realize that you have to do on recruiting. Recruiting is based on relationships. That's it. You're not going to be good at the job if you don't have relationships. Um, that's why guys stay in the business a long time, because once you have that, it's you know pretty easy to keep. You know, there's not a lot of high school coaches that transition out They're They're usually for 10, 15 years. And, you know, if you're close to them, so you visit a lot. So I spent a lot of Friday nights traveling across the state, visiting Auburn commits and visiting their families and watching them play on Fridays, just so then when they would come to Auburn, they'd be like, oh, she traveled, you know, all, all the way to Griffin or all the way, you know, to Atlanta or all the way to Huntsville to watch me play. Like I, I feel a connection to parents. I got very close to parents because I was so young that they would kind of be like, oh, la, 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 we'll talk to you. Um, and so that you do a lot of that. You travel a lot more than I think people realize. Maybe not so much now. Um, I think it's a little easier. You know, phones were big when I was there, but Twitter was just kind of taken off. But now it's kind of like do or die on Twitter for recruiting. I mean, kids are doing like skydiving announcement videos when that was not happening back when I first started. Um, like Bleacher Report doing these like $1,000 productions of commitment ceremonies was not a thing um, back, back when I first started. So it's a little different now, but a day in life is pretty much getting ignored by 16 and 17, 18 year olds until one day they answer. Um, and you just hope that it's true. I got catfish a couple of times. <laughs> um, I got coaches get commitments wrong um, and us release it and uh, everyone's favorite story to tell is DeAndre Francois. I had written a story because you pre-plan on the websites, you know, you can't type it up as this commit. You got to be the first. And so it was already written. And, you know, we had gotten scoop from folks that he was coming to Auburn and ended up going to Florida state, but the story went live anyway on a glitch and um, it happens. So uh, it's also figuring out who you can trust is also a big part of the game. Um, Cause a lot of people tell you what you want to hear. And a lot of kids will want to have fun if you're gullible. Um, and I was very gullible when I first started. I believed everything someone told me from the bat when it wasn't true. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a lot. I think people realize, I don't think people realize, you know, anyone can be a recruiting analyst. I feel like everyone on Twitter is a recruiting analyst and is talking to so-and-so recruit or so-and-so's friends on the team. And oh, I'm getting this inside scoop, but it's a lot more than that. Um, sometimes these kids think they have an offer and they, I don't. Um, some guys, you know, have to play the field on two different teams and tell the Georgia coaches one thing and the Auburn coaches another because, you know, they got to play the game. And um, I don't think people who are wouldn't be in the business understand that part of it. So a lot of being ignored, um, but it was it was worth it. I, I really had a lot of fun doing it. So and that's a great perspective to share, because I think a lot of us who aren't part of that uh, career path or not appreciate what you have to go through to be good at this and also to be effective um, as a recruiting analyst. As you said, most people probably view themselves as some sort of recruiting as analyst these days on Twitter. Uh, but there's one thing analyzing and talking about what kids are saying on Twitter. There's another thing being actually on the beat on your, on the ground, traveling to places, going yep. to these places, writing up these articles. And it sounds like you've experienced every high and low of that. Yeah. Every high and every low. I mean, there was my first commitment was Isaiah Wynn and he ended up going to UGA, but he was a kid from St. Pete. It was a five-star offensive lineman. He loved Auburn. Oh, did he love Auburn? But he just really thought his opportunity at Georgia, rolling my eyes, an offensive lineman not coming to Auburn, but um, going to Georgia. But I had really, you know, I had gone down to Tampa to see him during winter break. Like I'd really built that relationship with him and I was 18. So story could have gone to anybody. And he was like, Hey, you know, I promised you that first day that I would let you know who my commitment is and you can announce it. And like, I, I trust you with that. And it ended up not being Auburn, but it was a high, you know, getting that and seeing the world like blow it up and kind of have your name as like that resource. Cause it know, you know, you did a good job. And so I always like chasing that. And I always liked, I wasn't always successful. Um, I wasn't always first. 
Um, a lot of the guys that I got close to didn't end up coming to Auburn. Um, so that was always a running joke. Like, don't let Allie talk to them because they won't come. Um, <laughs> so I ended up announcing a lot of commitments that weren't even Auburn guys. Um, but it's like a high. And I think that's probably why Twitter is trying to take it over it. Because it is, you know, retweets are, it, it makes you feel good. And so social media was getting really popular with recruiting about the time that I was starting. And um, I was really pushing it because I was young. So I was already using it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of pushed that envelope on getting, you know, we need to get this out on Twitter and link it to the story, not write the story and do the opposite. Um, so I really pushed for that. But it was, I, I understand why people think it's easy. But if they weren't tasked to trying to get an answer, I think that they would get very frustrated very easily, knowing you're dealing with 16, 17, 18 handlers, parents, girlfriends, high school coaches on top. You're not just talking to the kid. You're talking to the whole world, especially now. I mean, now the game's even more insane. Um, But I would like to test some of these Auburn uh, Twitter folks who think it's so easy just to do it for a week and see if you make it on the other side without wanting to throw your phone against a wall. You know, I, I used to be one of those guys thinking, oh, I could do that. And then, you know, as I've gotten to know some more people in the field, I'm like, mm, that's, that's not for me. <laughs> I like doing it's my definitely little, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I, I like doing my little podcast and just kind of sitting back and just talking about the things after they happen, because it takes a special breed of person in a good way uh, to do what you did and to be involved in what you uh, were with recruiting and, and sports. And you caught, yeah. uh, I think, kind of an interesting time period for Auburn with the transition from Chiswick to Malzahn obviously the national championship run and then as recruiting and Twitter and social media is, is just exploding onto the scene. That's a lot to take in at your point in your life where you're already trying to make your way through college. So that's commendable to you that you able to handle all that. Uh, thanks. And like I said, I had plenty of highs. I'm the first one to say, yeah, I beat out, you know, all of these grown guys who've been on the beat a lot longer than I have, but I had some pretty ugly lows um, too, but I got very close to Gus and Christy, Christy, especially when I was on, um, I was the only female for a while and she was, everyone likes to call her the, she is the definition of a team mom. I mean, she is a coach's wife through and through. She loves those players like they're her own. And, you know, she kind of took me under her wing because I was for a lot of times, the only girl standing there, um, you know, waiting for these kids. And so when they left, it was, um, it was hard. I really, you know, I talked to Christy about it. They ended up going to UCF and they were asking for Orlando Rex because I'm not too far from there. Um, but I really hope kind of on a side note, I really do people hope people look back on the Gus era for what he was is like what he represented for an Auburn man and maybe not necessarily for everything on the field. Um, but they did a lot for the program just as like people um, and uh, re- players really respect him. And that's another thing I don't think a lot of people would realize um, players really really respected him and for the man he was and for what he wanted to do wasn't always successful um didn't always wasn't the plan but his vision for what he wanted players believed in it um and I think that's why he kept getting you know big name guys you don't get those guys with the crappy coach you just don't um so I think that's if I were to look back hopefully that's the one thing I would hope Auburn fans you know in a decade maybe not now I get you know sore losers but in a decade I hope they look back on the Malzahn era um, on a good thing. And then at the same time, Bruce had come in during this. So then we started picking up basketball recruiting thing. Um, it didn't exist. Um, and so then I got thrown into that and I got very close to, you know, Bruce and Steven and that whole gang and Pruitt. And, um, so I was on my tail end out. So I didn't do too much of that. I did about a year. Um, but I covered a lot of basketball games, um, baseball recruiting, you know, um, that got really hot with some big name guys coming in a man. So I was in a very, good Auburn sector of four or five years um, with a lot of changes, a lot of lows, but some really, really cool high um, with new coaches coming in um, and kind of spearheading the programs that are now like where they're at today. So you definitely have a very unique and very well-rounded Auburn story uh, in terms of how you got there uh, in terms of your time there and how you spent it there, you know, much to the chagrin of your professor sometimes, but (laughs) as you said, you've got to take advantage of the opportunities in college. A lot of times is taking taking advantage of those relationships you build, the knowledge that you're gaining and and pushing it forward. And then what you experienced, and I know we didn't spend, we don't have enough time to 
talk about everything that you experienced while you're there. And we'll have to do this again another time. Uh, but part two. Uh, yeah, part two. There you go. We could just talk about <laughs> some more recruiting stories. But I hope that the listeners have gotten a great perspective of what you've experienced. The last thing that I do want to do before we head out of here is just a fun little questionnaire, about 12 questions, this or that, favorite kind of stuff. Hopefully, I won't get you in too much trouble and, and cause too many yeah, headaches Please for you. do. Please do. All right. Well, we'll get started. Question number one, orange or blue? Orange. And why? Um, I think blue is just like a lot of schools are blue. And so I think I know a lot of schools are orange and blue too, but um, I just think orange is like the unique Auburn orange. Um, I wear more blue because orange doesn't look good on people, but um, I think it kind of is what sets Auburn away. I've heard similar stories like that. It doesn't look good on me, but it still sets us apart because <laughs> it's our particular. As I'm orange. wearing orange right now, but um, <laughs> side note. So my company that I work for now does all trademark and licensing for almost every university. Auburn's one of our clients, which is awesome for me. So um, continue to buy your Auburn gear, licensed official Auburn gear, because it helps my paycheck. Um, and it's really cool to get to work with Auburn on marketing and new logos and new gear and t-shirts and all of this fun stuff, all this home field stuff that just came out. Um, it's been a real blast to work with Auburn and get to um, still work with them even post-grad right. um, away from journalism and all of that kind of stuff. So cool little small world tie-in. All ties in together. Question two, Aubie or War Eagle? War Eagle. All right. That was quick. I was expecting a little bit of ketchup on that. Most people, they struggle actually, with that question. I actually do. And I feel bad because I think the official Aubie follows me. So sorry if that's the case, but <laughs> I just think the two words, like I can understand there's a role tied, but I just think that's so cliche. Like War Eagle to me is just like, you say that and it really means something like I almost think roll tides kind of turned into a joke almost amongst college football fans where war eagle is still very much ours um and it just like you know as soon as you say that you're connected um and can share a story and a bond and um, maybe a friendship so that to me has always meant a lot it's a great segue into question three your favorite part of the auburn fight song word phrase whatever you um, like so, it's probably not good but um so in the fight song, I always thought it was live for Auburn. Um, and so I said that my entire um, Auburn career, live for Auburn. Um, so I still say it because I think it's funny now, now that I know that it's wrong. But it was, I do live for Auburn. So there we go. It may not be the correct correct terms, but um, that phrase. And I, I don't think it's quite necessarily like a fight song, but when they, when the drum major, I think that's what he is, does like the kick at the beginning to like kickstart it on the beginning of games I mean I get just absolutely like chill bumps um because you just know like the game's going and it's whatever happens at the end happens but in that moment like everyone is so excited to be there um so that's probably my favorite song about like fight songs in general yeah, I love the, the drum major thing too because I didn't even realize for the longest time that I'm like revving up and doing the you know what everybody does when he throws yeah exactly it down. It's, like, it's like why am I doing yeah. this I, it's like exactly why is what is that noise and then you realize oh my god it's me because I'm like doing the movement with him even though that's insane I'm contributing to this madness I don't know why exactly question four your favorite Auburn athletics program you know football anything down to football to equestrian what's your favorite one um I think this year it's gonna be gymnastics because my girl um I've fallen in love with Lee who's going to Tokyo on the gymnastics team I think that's just the coolest story ever um I don't think people understand how incredible it is that an Auburn gymnast is going to be on this five girl you know most likely gold medal team um so go buy your gymnastics tickets um but I would have to say football only because I again so cliche who wouldn't say Auburn football but I just had such a connection to that program as I worked for them, got to know all the staff members, so many coaches, so many players, so many recruits. And then now I can become a fan. So it's like full circle. So now I really can be as invested as I would have been had I been a student. I just have to keep it all locked in. Um, so I know what a great program and so many great people that I've worked there. But it just means so much to me that, you know, every Saturday, I know I'm going to be around my best friends and in my favorite place and, you know, cheering on guys win or lose. So I would have to say football. It's hard not to pick that one. It's, it's a tough one. Question five, your favorite Auburn athlete. Oh, geez. Um, overall, probably Cam. I mean, who wouldn't say that? Um, really like Chimo Kiki, you know, Bryce Brown, that whole, I would say the whole basketball team, maybe collectively. We're just so fun. But I would say my favorite athlete is probably Derek Brown, um, a newer athlete, but I got really close to him in recruiting. Um, I think he just represented Auburn as an Auburn man coming back his senior year you know, really leading the team when the team struggled. He was the first one in an interview room. Um, so well-spoken, so well-smart, a great dad. 
is now going to be probably be one of the best, you know, defensive linemen in the NFL this year. And it still comes back to Auburn, even with Harson as new coach. He didn't fall in love with the coaches. He fell in love with the school. Um, and I can relate a lot to that. So I would probably say my boy DB. It's a nice pick. Speaking of coaches, though, your favorite Auburn coach. It, it would have to be Bruce. Um, I really I've gone close to him post-grad. I was really close to him uh, in school and being around him is just so fun. Um, you know, people can say, oh, you know, he's a little over the top, but so am I. So I can get, I can relate to that. I was at Lake Martin on July 4th and he was on his dock and we were driving by and I shouted where Eagle and he just put up his hand up and said, where Eagle and screamed it back and, you know, happy fourth. And I was like, what guy does that? You know, like who is just out there on their dog knowing every Auburn fan is going to be seeing them shirtless, get ready for, you know, a tubing ride saying where Eagle, um, he's just a fun guy so I'd have to say Bruce he just gave Auburn something that I think that they were missing for a really long time oh it's I I think every day I wake up and I'm just like thank you thank you for Bruce Pearl just keep him here as it long really as is <laughs> please do please do and I think you know he gave Auburn a, a a fun identity that I think you know Chiswick was very you know nose to the ground kind of guy Gust was very analytical and was more in the books and Bruce phenomenal coach incredible recruiter but knows that his role in a basketball program like Auburn you have to be in front of the camera you have to be I mean when he first started he would go around to the fraternity houses and you know say I will do whatever fundraiser you need me to do if you guys come out to a basketball game he was in dunk tanks he was in I mean anything just to get kids out to basketball games his first couple years and not many coaches are going to do that Mm -hmm. um most coaches don't have to do that and he was willing you know to suck it up and do everything he possibly could and it's paid off. So um, it's worked out for him, but man, the day he leaves knock on wood, I will be, I'll be one devastated little Auburn fan. Um, knock it on that's wood for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question seven, your favorite Auburn non-athletics person. So not a coach, not an athlete or athletic administrator, but uh, your favorite non-athletics Auburn person. Um, Like a famous one or just like anyone in general. It can be anyone you want. Um, drunk bus Dan, my freshman year, we loved him. He was, I think he was still doing it up until I graduated. He had been in Auburn like his entire life. Didn't go to school there, but just drove the bus for all of the nice little college students and would make sure we got home safe and was just so nice. And I have so many photos on my camera of him coming home um, from the bars. And I think he ended up actually passing away not too long ago, but he was like just an Auburn staple. Like if you were in college from 2012 to 2016, you knew who that was. Um, and as cheesy as it sounds, I mean, I met 10 of my best friends in my story my freshman year and we still are in a group text today and any each other's weddings and we call each other the litter and I mean they're my best friends and I would not have met them without Auburn and now they're all marrying Auburn husbands and knock on wood I'll marry an Auburn guy one day and so we really like without Auburn I wouldn't have that um and we all go to games on Saturdays away no we're all going to Penn State so it's um Auburn gave me that and so I would consider them some lucky Auburn gals uh, to be friends with so awesome awesome shout outs question eight your favorite auburn building Ooh, that's a good one um definitely not grace hall on the hill uh my freshman year that's where i stayed and i swear that's why i probably am still sick to this day um <laughs> i'd probably say i'd probably say Stanford. um i didn't enjoy it as much my first couple of years but senior spring i would go out there get tumors lemonade and just be as nostalgic sitting there just staring at this thing, you know, after class on a Tuesday um, and just be like, wow, this is really, you know, the most beautiful place on earth. Um, so I'd have to say back, I, every time I drive through coming home from the beach or from Birmingham or anywhere, um, I always try to stop by Auburn and at least, you know, spend a little time with the tumors lemonade, you know, sitting on the lawn um, and just watching everyone else enjoy it from family. So the kids running around to other students. Now I'm like, oh, take advantage of every moment walking by this um atlanta skyscrapers are not the same so um i would say stanford again as cheesy as cliche as it sounds but it's a it's a pretty special place it's a good one to pick i don't fault you at all for that all right we're in the uh, last bit of here question nine your favorite auburn place to eat Ooh, that's a good one um probably for a good meal i would say amsterdam's their crab cake sandwich i think is my like if i were to have like a do or die meal like that would be on a very short list mm-hmm. is a crab cake sandwich and their homemade chips from amsterdam's um and they do like a ten dollar ones for college students like on fridays and stuff so i wasn't always splurging myself on a crab cake sandwich at, as college but i would say that if i would have one meal in auburn it would probably be 
be that or Panny Georgia is also a great southern home cooked meal um but probably Amsterdam's that's it that's two good choices right there now I'm hungry because it's time to go yeah I know I am too I was gonna say it's almost dinner time I mean Frank Mal won't be either of those but Question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. It can be sports, non-sports. It can be your own personal tradition, but your favorite Auburn tradition. Oh, geez. Um, you know, there was that commercial that SEC Network did after the kick six, and it looked like snow, and it was that, you know, what a wonderful place to be. And it was they were just, like, going through downtown, and it just looked like snow. Um, and rolling the trees is, you know, it's voted one of the best college football traditions for a reason, or, you know, now it's basketball. Now it's, you know, every sport when we win, but um, I would say rolling tumors is about as unique as you're going to find. Um, no other, very rarely do schools do things as cool as that. And as unique as that. And when it is a kick six or a final four, and it really does look like, you know, snow in the fall or snow in the spring. Um, it's just special. It looks just magical with Sanford in the background and, all of the stuff. So I would have to say rolling, rolling tumors would probably be my favorite tradition. Another good choice. Question 11, your favorite Auburn memory. Oh, geez. Um, being on the field, kick six and then prayer and Jordan hair were insane. Cause I was on the field. Um, and it almost was like, this isn't happening. Um, I couldn't believe it. Um, so that would probably say in my career and as like a student, it would be those two. Um, but honestly, again, wow, I'm going to start like tearing up over here. I would say like walking across that graduation stage in Auburn arena and being like, wow, like I did it. And I went to the one place that I always, you know, I wanted to go and I made it happen. And um, with the support of friends and teachers and my family being in the stands and, you know, being in the sea of orange and blue, that was a really cool moment um, knowing that it all worked out and I became officially an Auburn alum. Um, wasn't a sidewalk fan. Wasn't, you know, someone who didn't do it or, you know, didn't, didn't make it, you know, I, lasted as tough as it is through failed math classes and bowling classes and sports minor coaching online classes um I made it through and um the diploma does you know and being a part of that family does mean a lot to me um it may not mean to everyone I mean it's just a college it's just a degree just a, you know just a uh, a university but it means a lot more to that and I think walking across that stage made it all very real to me um, so I'd probably say that on a more serious level, but kick six, duh. So that's natural. <laughs> Two very good moments, uh, both heartfelt and both exciting as well. All right. Your last question. I'm not going to make it easy for you. Describe Auburn to me in oh, one word other than family. Oh God. That's a good one. I took it right now. I can't wait to go back and listen to a lot of other people's answers to these. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure mine are so lame. And so I'm overdone, but if I had to describe Auburn in one word that wasn't family. You know, the Alabama folks will laugh at it, but I would have to say tradition. I mean, from War Eagle to not stepping on the seal, um, where you're not going to graduate or you're not going to fall in love to, you know, rolling tumors to the chance to, you know, all the little things around campus that you can't do to tumors. Like it is tradition um, and tradition doesn't have to win championships or rings as much as I would love for that to be the case. It's the school itself. And so I think tradition encompasses not just athletics, it encompasses the school and the saying is, you know, Alabama fans love Alabama football, Auburn fans love Auburn. Um, if I could get it tattooed across my forehead, I would. But um, I think that in most cases is very true. So I would say Auburn means tradition. It's a very solid word to end that on. Now, before we do go, and I, well, you've been very gracious with your time, but I do want to give you an oh, opportunity yeah, to... I want to give you opportunity to share what where people can find you on Twitter, but also what you're doing these days. I know that you've got a bit of a it's kind of like a web show podcast that you're doing right now. So if you want yeah. to share that, please do. Um, I'm sure most of you guys either follow me or have unfollowed me in the past um, <laughs> decade for one tweet or another. But I'm on Twitter, just my name, Allie Davison underscore. Um, I'm up late and I tweet a lot and um, I'm feisty and that would sum me up. So if that's what you're interested come on. And then every Friday, me and Lyndon Blake, who's one of my best friends from college, who's also an Auburn grad, who is a sports director in Huntsville. We now do a Friday show on AL.com at 12 Eastern, 11 Central, usually in that time frame, where we just talk about being an Auburn fan is. We count down our favorite players, our favorite tailgating, um, our favorite moments as students, our favorite, you know, post-grad moments, our craziest War Eagle stories. And we just, you know, shoot the crap with two best friends. We talk on the phone all day, every day anyway. Um, so we just turned it into a show um, for AL.com. And you can watch that on Facebook or YouTube 
um, on Twitter. I think it's live. They usually do it live on Twitter. Um, so that's what I'm doing nowadays. I work in communications and sports and agencies. And again, keep buying all that Auburn gear. Um, we love supporting my paycheck. So that's always fun. Uh, make sure it's officially licensed though. Don't uh, go making your own gear, but, um, yeah, that's what I do. I live in Atlanta and I go to Auburn a lot. So if anyone's there, holler, I'm always around. I'm a blonde girl, usually being loud. Um, with a beer in her hand uh, on the plane. So be sure to come say hi if you see me this fall. I can't wait. I think it's seven weeks now until kickoff. Um, so yeah, that's me. Thanks so much for having me. I, this was a lot of fun. Of course. Thank you. I feel like so I much. talked your ear off though. Oh, no. um, I, I was chit chatting and didn't, uh, didn't even ask anything back as a crappy journalism student. Here I am talking about myself. And I didn't even uh, ask any who, what, where, why questions back. So see, look, this is the thing, though, is this makes my job much easier. I just get to sit back and listen. And you know, for a guy that does all mainly what he does is just talk on a podcast into a microphone, this is quite refreshing. I just get to listen to someone else talk. So this has been, this, has been <laughs> this is very true. Well, this is a ton of fun. Thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to go back and listen um, to some of the older answers and what their this or that was because uh, I'm curious. What the um, that last one was a stump. So I'm curious what are some other words that. Uh, the folks use besides family because that's a, that's a hard one. There, there are a few unique ones out there, but there's a, a few of them that you'll probably recognize frequently used ones out there, but it doesn't take away from their significance and uh, the significance of your Auburn story. Thank you so much for uh, being willing to sit down with us and just hang out with me and uh, talk a little bit about Auburn and what we love about it. So thank you, Alex. War Eagle. War Eagle.